I want to invite you, we do have Bibles in the back. If you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to take one, borrow it, take it home if you don't have a Bible. Hay Biblias detrás que pueden usar. And as Martin said, we've been in this series of messages on the gospel according to Matthew. Estamos mirando Mateo. And our reading this morning is going to be taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 17. La lectura es de Mateo 9, 9 al 17. The page numbers up there show you where that text is if you're using the Bibles from the back. Si usan la Biblia de atrás, ahí está la página del texto. Keep in mind that what we're doing in this series, we're looking at two chapters at a time. And so today, really, the whole focus is chapters 9 and 10. We're going to be trying to grasp all of that. There's a lot there. Vamos a intentar abarcar lo que es el capítulo 9, capítulo 10. But we're going to read this part in particular. So let's listen as this speaks to us from the Word of God. This is the good news of our Lord Jesus. El Evangelio de Nuestro Señor. I'll read first in English, primero en inglés. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor. But the sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Al irse de allí, Jesús vio a un hombre llamado Mateo, sentado a la mesa de recaudación de impuestos. Sígueme, le dijo. Mateo se levantó y lo siguió. Mientras Jesús estaba comiendo en casa de Mateo, muchos recaudadores de impuestos y pecadores llegaron y comieron con él y sus discípulos. Cuando los fariseos vieron esto, les preguntaron a sus discípulos, ¿por qué come su maestro con recaudadores de impuestos y con pecadores? Al oír esto, Jesús les contestó, no son los sanos los que necesitan médicos, sino los enfermos. Pero vayan y aprendan lo que significa, lo que pido de ustedes es misericordia y no sacrificios. Porque no he venido a llamar a justos, sino a pecadores. Un día se le acercaron los discípulos de Juan y le preguntaron, ¿Cómo es que nosotros y los fariseos ayunamos, pero no así tus discípulos? Jesús les contestó, ¿Acaso pueden estar de luto los invitados del novio mientras él está con ellos? Llegará el día en que se les quitará el novio, entonces sí ayunarán. Nadie remienda un vestido viejo con un retazo de tela nueva porque el remiendo fruncirá el vestido y la rotura se hará peor. Ni tampoco se echa vino nuevo en odres viejos. De hacerlo así, se reventarán los odres, se derramará el vino y los odres se arruinarán. Más bien, el vino nuevo se echa en odres nuevos y ambos así se conservan. So, Mary Mallon. It's probably a name you don't know, but Mary Mallon was a young 
Irish immigrant who lived around New York City a uh, little over 100 years ago. Esta mujer, Mary, era inmigrante irlandesa en Nueva York hace 100 años. She worked mainly as a domestic, uh, mostly as a cook. She liked to cook, uh, trabajaba de cocinera, and like many immigrants in that time, she was just doing what she could to make ends meet. She was working hard, trabajaba duro. But wherever Mary went, wherever she worked, wherever she cooked, strange things started to happen around her. Donde quiera que iba, cosas malas pasaban. People got sick. I mean, really, really sick. La gente se enfermaba profundamente. Now, the problem, it appears, was not her cooking, first of all. She did know how to cook well enough. That wasn't the problem. El problema no era la cocina de ella. And Mary seemed, from all appearances, to be as healthy as a horse. I mean, she was a healthy young woman. Parecía ser una mujer sana y saludable. And yet, over time, seven of the eight families for which she worked had people in those families who got terrible fevers, chills, diarrhea. It was bad. De las ocho familias por las cuales trabajó, siete familias tenían personas con fiebres, escalofríos y diarreas. In fact, in the end, it is believed that at least 50 people died. 50 personas murieron. They died of what doctors later identified as Typhus, typhoid fever, fue la fiebre tifoidea. Mary Mallon, whom you may know as Typhoid Mary, was the carrier, she was the origin of this infectious disease. Esta mujer era el origen de esta enfermedad. She's what is called an asymptomatic character or a carrier, which means that she was carrying around the disease and infecting other people with it, even though she didn't show any signs of having it. Ella era portadora de esa enfermedad, aunque no tenía señas de ella. Now, the Bible is quite clear in telling us that we live in a world that is suffering from an epidemic. An epidemic that is far more infectious and fatal than typhoid fever. Vivimos en un mundo con una epidemia peor que la tifoidea. In fact, the Bible would tell us that the cause of this epidemic is us. We are both the victims of the epidemic and we are the carriers of the epidemic. Somos las víctimas y también los portadores de esta epidemia. The epidemic, of course, that we're talking about here is the epidemic of sin. Se trata del pecado. We all know how it began. Adam and Eve, a woman and a man, were the first original carriers of this thing, and they rebelled against God's word, and they passed it on to their uh, children. And, and now it's to the point where it's spread all over the world. We're actually born with this problem. Nacemos con este problema que, que surgió de Adán y Eva. But 
In the gospel according to Matthew, we see something new. We see something different. We see this man named Jesus coming onto the scene. Llega Jesús aquí. And Jesus comes into this epidemic of sin in our world. And yet, strangely enough, even though he's right in the middle of this sin-infested world, Jesus is not affected by the epidemic. Jesús no es afectado por la epidemia del pecado. In fact, he's coming to do something about it. He's coming to rewrite the entire story of sin's ravaging curse in our world. Viene Jesús a reescribir la historia de la epidemia del pecado. And that's what we find him doing. And we've been saying that the last few weeks, how in the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus is writing a different story on top of the old story of sin in our world. Jesús escribió otra historia. And just to recap, last week we were talking about, in chapters 7 and 8, that Jesus is connected to the author of human history. Jesus is connected to the author of the story, that is God. He's God with us, and as the author of the story, Jesus has authority to do something about that story. Jesús se conectado con el autor que es Dios y tiene autoridad para cambiar cosas. And so what we learn is that Jesus has authority to teach the word of God like no one else. Jesus has authority to heal. Jesus has authority to kick out demons. Jesus has authority even over the winds and the waves of creation. Jesús tiene autoridad sobre para enseñar, para sanar, expulsar a demonios y sobre la creación. Well, now as we come into chapter 9, Jesus meets a paralyzed man in the very first verses. And if you look at that, you find that he here demonstrates a totally new kind of authority. Jesús demuestra otra autoridad en Mateo 9. He comes to this man and he, he demonstrates the authority to forgive sins. He says to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Tus pecados quedan perdonados, le dice al paralítico. Demuestra autoridad para perdonar. Now the religious... Uh, the religious leaders that are in the room there, they are a little bit upset by that. And so when they complain, when they question Jesus' authority to do what only God can do, forgive sins, Jesus turns around and he does what only God can do. He heals the man. He raises the man up. Cuando cuestionen su autoridad para hacer lo que Dios hace, perdonar, él sana y hace lo que Dios solo puede hacer. And the man is restored and he walks forward. So Jesus has authority from the author, God, to forgive even sins. Tiene autoridad para perdonar pecados. And then we get to where we started reading today in chapter 9, verse 9. It's almost as if now Jesus is stepping out and he's going on the road with this authority to forgive sins and he's beginning to demonstrate it in different ways. Después Jesús demuestra su autoridad para perdonar en otras maneras. He comes across a dirty, diseased sinner by the name of Matthew. Se encuentra con un pecador se llama Mateo. And Matthew works for the IRS. Matthew is collecting taxes. Matthew is a man who is sucking the life out of other people because of his greed. Mateo es quita la vida de las otras personas por su avaricia. But Jesus comes across Matthew's path and he calls Matthew. He says, Matthew, follow me. Sígueme, le dice Jesús. And something amazing happens. Matthew is bitten by the Jesus bug. Matthew is infected with the Jesus virus. 
Mateo contagia el virus de Jesús. And so Matthew leaves his table behind, leaves his money behind. And the next thing we know, Matthew's at home cooking up a dinner. He's making a meal for Jesus. And he invites over a bunch of his sin-infested friends to hang out with Jesus. Mateo tiene una cena para Jesús y sus amigos contagiados del pecado. And again, the religious experts don't get it. They complain. Why is Jesus doing this? Why is he eating with these people? Doesn't he understand when you get close to dirty, sin-infested people, you become unclean? ¿Por qué come con esos pecadores? Se va a contagiar de ellos. He's going to get their disease. But in verse 12, Jesus responds to that. Versículo 12 responde Jesús. And listen to what he says. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. No son los sanos los que necesitan médicos, sino los enfermos. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Vayan y aprendan lo que significa lo que pido de ustedes es misericordia y no sacrificios. Porque no he venido a llamar a justos, sino a pecadores. Jesus here uses a different kind of image to, to explain what he's doing. Usa una imagen. It's the image of a doctor and his patients. He says, if doctors only hang out with well people, then the sick can never be cured. Si los doctores son con los, están con los sanos, los enfermos no se curan. I'm the doctor for what ails the human race. I am the doctor for sinners. And so I need to be near the sick so that I can dispense the cure that they need. Tengo que estar cerca de los pecadores para darles la cura que necesitan. And the cure that they need is not to ask more sacrifice from them, but to give them mercy. They need forgiveness. And I have the authority to do that. I've got that. Ellos necesitan los sacrificios sin misericordia. So Jesus is establishing something new here. Jesus eats with sinners so that he can infect them with his mercy and forgiveness. Jesús come con pecadores para contagiarles con su misericordia y perdón. And in fact, that's why Jesus is eating with his disciples too. And they keep eating. Por eso come con sus discípulos. Jesus is eating with his disciples because he's full of mercy. He's not wanting sacrifice from his disciples at this point. No pide sacrificios de sus discípulos. And that's a little bit strange for some other religious orders. The, the, the disciples of John the Baptist and the Pharisees come to Jesus. Los de Juan el Bautista llegan a Jesús. And they ask him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast? We make a sacrifice, but your disciples do not fast. Se le acercaron los discípulos de Juan y le preguntaron, ¿Cómo es que nosotros y los fariseos ayunamos, pero no así tus discípulos? Your disciples aren't, aren't sacrificing the way we are. What's wrong with that? And Jesus' response is simple. La respuesta de Jesús es sencilla. He says this. He, he says, you know, fasting is about skipping food because you're hungry for God. Ayunas porque tienes hambre de Dios. But if God is with you, then you're not hungry. So you don't need to fast. Si Dios está contigo, no tienes hambre. No hay necesidad de ayunar. 
When you go to a wedding, it's not the time for fasting. Why? The bridegroom's at the wedding. It's time to eat it up and celebrate. Cuando estás en una boda, el novio está y hay que celebrar y comer. Someday the bridegroom will be gone. Someday the groom will die. At his funeral, you can fast. But you don't fast at his wedding. Puedes ayunar en su funeral del novio, pero no en su boda. I'm the doctor for sinners and I am the bridegroom. I'm the doctor who's full of mercy, but I'm also the groom who's full of joy. And I've come here to dispense that joy. Yo soy el doctor lleno de misericordia y el novio lleno de gozo también. Someday, I won't be here. Someday, my disciples will mourn my passing. That will be the time for them to pass, for them to fast. Algún día yo voy, no voy a estar y entonces ayunarán mis discípulos. So, once again, we see what Jesus is up to here. He's taking everything that people expect and he's, he's rewriting the story here. He's taking the old story of sickness and sadness and sin and he's writing a new story on top of it. Está escribiendo una historia nueva aquí, Jesús. In fact, Everything that Jesus is doing is brand new. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Su reino es totalmente nuevo. In verses uh, 16 and 17, Jesus basically here is saying, what I'm doing is totally new. It is unlike anything before. Yo hago una cosa nueva. And you don't take new things and try to fix up old things with it. No usas lo nuevo para reparar lo, lo viejo. You don't tear off brand new cloth from one spot and try to fix an old worn out garment with that new cloth. No usas un retazo de tela nueva para reparar un, un vestido viejo. That just doesn't work. The, the new cloth shrinks back, it tears, it makes everything, it makes everything uh, worse. Hay una rotura que se hace peor. El vestido viejo. In a way, Jesus is saying here, you don't take your old, worn-out life and you don't try to just take a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of what I'm doing, and stick that like a band-aid on top of what you're doing. You can't just try to you know, work me in a little bit into your life. Just a little bit of Jesus on my sleeve. Just a little bit of him there so I can show the world that I've got something new going on in my life. No, you've got to start completely from scratch. The project is not going to be repaired like that. No puedes poner un retazo de Jesús en tu, tu manga y así esperarse diferente. I'm talking about something revolutionary. You don't take new fermented wine and put it in an old stretched out leather wine skin. No pones vino, vino nuevo en, en un odre viejo estirado. The, the bubbling, expanding gases of that wine are going to stretch that old skin to the breaking point. Everything's going to explode and be ruined. Los gases que se expanden van a explotar el odre viejo y todo se arruina. No, something new is here. You take new wine. You put it in new wineskins. You've got to start from scratch. That's my kingdom. Ese es mi reino. Hay que comenzar desde cero. The, the old message can't fit the new message inside of it. You don't take a little of Jesus and put him in the old categories. No puedes poner a Jesús en las viejas categorías. What was the old message? Well, 
The old message that we're seeing here was basically this. Stay away from unclean sinners. They will infect you. Quítate de los pecadores impuros te van a infectar. The old message was this. You got to make a sacrifice. You got to try harder. You got to be better or God won't bless you. Tienes que hacer sacrificios o Dios no te bendice. But the new message is totally different. Jesus' message is this. I am the doctor and I'm the one who's coming close to you because I'm going to infect you. I'm going to make you clean with my forgiveness. Yo soy el doctor que he venido a contagiarles de mi perdón. I've made the sacrifice. I'm the one who's going to sacrifice. Yo hago el sacrificio. So rejoice. I'm full of joy. You can be full of joy. You are already blessed. Ya son bendecidos porque yo estoy lleno de gozo. So, Jesus is not infected by sin, but rather he's come to infect us with his saving and healing presence. Jesús no es contagiado del pecado, sino que nos contagia con su presencia sana y salvadora. And we see it again and again throughout this chapter, beginning in verse 18. We see it with an old woman. We see it with a young woman. Así es con una mujer vieja y, y una, una muchacha joven. Jesus comes to this old woman. This old woman comes to him. She's been bleeding for a long time. Tiene hemorragia esta mujer. Now, according to the old categories, the old wineskin or the old system, this woman is what? She's unclean. People bleeding were considered unclean. Ella es impura. She touches the hem of Jesus' garment. Toca la orilla de su manto. What happens? She does not infect Jesus with her uncleanness, with her impurity. Jesus infects her with his power and his healing that comes out of him. And she is made clean. Ella no le contagia a Jesús con su impureza, mas bien él la contagia con su pureza. Same thing with the little girl. The little girl has died. Una muchacha joven muere. Again, according to the old way of looking at this, the old system, the old wineskin... You don't touch a dead body. Dead bodies are impure. They're unclean. Los cadáveres son impuros. What happens? Jesus comes in and he does something new. He touches the dead girl. Jesús toca la, la muchacha muerta. And instead of her infecting him with death, power comes out from him and he infects her with life and he raises her up from the dead. Jesús la resucita. En vez de muerte infectarle, uh, uh, infectando a él, él la contagia con vida. So this is the kingdom of God. Everything old is made new in the kingdom of God. Everything broken gets fixed. Everything twisted gets straightened out. Everything upside down goes right side up. Todo lo que es boca, cabeza abajo viene boca arriba en el reino de Dios. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Jesus is the doctor who's come near the sick to make them well. Jesus is the king who's coming after his inheritance. We, we talked about a, that a few weeks ago. Él es el doctor, él es el rey que viene por su herencia. And Jesus is the farmer who's collecting a new harvest of people who've been made his own. Él es el obrero que viene por su cosecha. In fact, that's the language 
that we find Jesus using at the end of chapter 9, meeting a fin de capítulo 9, because after all of this in chapter 9, Jesus turns to his disciples in verse 37, and this is what he says. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. La cosecha es abundante, pero pocos son los obreros. Pídanle, por tanto, al Señor de la cosecha que envíe obreros a su campo. So Jesus asks his disciples to pray. He's the farmer who's come to collect the harvest, but he's saying there's more than I can collect on my own. I'm asking you to pray for more workers. Les pide orar por más obreros. But it doesn't stop there. In chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus calls them to step up and to become farmers with him, to become those workers that they're praying about. Jesús les pide ser esos obreros. Chapter 10, verse 1, he says, He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them what? Authority. There's that word again. Authority to drive out evil spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Reunió a sus doce discípulos y les dio autoridad para expulsar a espíritus malignos y sanar toda enfermedad y toda dolencia. This is consistent with what we've read before. Jesus called Peter and, and, and Andrew and James and John. He said, I'll make you fishers of men and women. Les haré pescadores de hombre, dijo Jesús antes. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Son la sal y la luz del mundo, dijo. And now he's saying, you are to be my workers. You're my fellow farmers. And Jesus comes not only to infect the world with his forgiveness, he comes to infect and affect us, his followers, with his authority so that we can go out. Jesús viene para afectarnos con su autoridad para que vayamos. So Dr. Jesus, people, is infectious. The kingdom of God is infectious. And Dr. Jesus wants to spread his mercy and forgiveness and joy and love and authority to us so that we can go out and spread the epidemic of his presence in the world. It's the viral vision of the kingdom of God. Jesús quiere afectarnos y, y contagiarnos para que podamos infectar a otros con su perdón y autoridad y amor. So this is what we're talking about. Now Jesus in the rest of chapter 10 gives those disciples instructions on what to do. He tells them what to say. Verse 7. He says, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Donde quiera que vayan, prediquen este mensaje. El reino de los cielos está cerca. Guess what? That's the same message Jesus preached. He said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's the same message. Es el mismo mensaje que predicaba Jesús. Verse 8, he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, sanen a los enfermos, resuciten a los muertos, limpien de su enfermedad a los que tienen lepra, expulsen los demonios. Freely you have received, freely give. Lo que ustedes recibieron gratis, denlo gratuitamente. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm giving you mercy, I'm giving you forgiveness, I'm giving you uh, joy, I'm giving you authority. You've received that free, now go and give the same to others. Vayan y den esto a los demás. And then he warns them of what's coming up. He says, hey, don't take anything when you go. The only resource you need to, to be a part of this is me. Don't take extra food. Don't take extra clothing. Don't take extra stuff. 
Vayan sin recursos. Yo soy el único recurso. And beware, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be opposition. Don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give it to you when you need it. Va a haber persecución, oposición. No se preocupen, les daré las palabras. Oh yeah, and by the way, when you go, just be aware, your message is going to stir stuff up. It's going to cause division. It's going to cause problems. But take heart. I'm with you. Su mensaje va a causar problemas. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed of the gospel, Jesus says in verses 32 and 33. In fact, he says, whoever disowns me before people, I'm going to disown that person before my father. El que me desconozca delante de los demás, lo desconoceré delante de mi padre. So don't be ashamed. No tengan vergüenza. And whoever's not worthy to take up my cross and follow me is not going to be able to be with me. Whoever tries to save his life is going to lose it. But if you lose your life for this cause, you will save it. El que no tome su cruz no es digno de mí, pero si entregas tu vida, la salvarás. Now I said before that there's no sacrifice, that Jesus isn't asking sacrifice. I really didn't tell you the whole story. Yes, Jesus asked for sacrifice. Si Jesús pide sacrificio, but he doesn't ask for sacrifice up front. He makes the sacrifice for us. He gives all to us. And then he says, here you go, freely you've received. Now you go out and make the sacrifice. Give your life up for me, and you're going to find it like never before. Él nos pide sacrificio después. Entrega tu vida y la encontrarás como nunca antes. Dr. Jesus is infectious and he wants us to be infected with his viral vision for the kingdom of God. That's the invitation we have here in Matthew 9 and 10. It's the invitation of the gospel. It's the invitation of God's kingdom. Es la invitación del reino de Dios. I think really this is the invitation we've been following through the planting of Imago Church. Es la invitación de la iglesia Imago. The harvest in Visalia is plentiful. The workers are few. La cosecha hay mucha en Visalia, son pocos los obreros. And so what are we to do? Ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. Pedimos al Señor de la cosecha que envíe más obreros. Jesus did it with 12, and he changed the world. Could we do it with 15? from sunrise and see God do something in Visalia. Jesús lo hizo con 12, cambió el mundo y nosotros podemos hacer algo con 15. And really that's the invitation that we find today here at the Lord's Supper as well. We we come to this table and and really what this table is about is about us coming to this table as dirty sinners so that we can get near to Dr. Jesus. Nos acercamos como pecadores sucios para acercarnos al Dr. Jesús. And here's the good news that we can celebrate, that someone has said, and I'm going to repeat what they said. The good news about the Lord's Supper is this. Jesus still eats with sinners. Jesus still eats with sinners. Thank God he does. Jesús todavía come con pecadores. And here's the invitation. The invitation he gives is really the invitation he gave to Matthew. For those who are willing to leave the past, their sin, 
their selfishness and pride on the table like Matthew did. Those who are willing to just drop it all and follow hard after Jesus, being bitten by the Jesus bug. He says, come and I'll change your life. That's what this table is for. Esta mesa es para los que como Mateo dejan todo atrás, se arrepienten de sus pecados y siguen al Señor Jesús. His body, his blood given for us can make us clean. Su cuerpo y sangre nos hacen puros. And, and really, as we come here, the bread and the cup are an invitation to a wedding feast that's coming someday. There's a wedding feast. And the groom has shown up early. Jesus, the groom, is here in this feast. Jesús el novio está aquí en esta fiesta. We can't see him, but he's here by his Holy Spirit. Está aquí con su Espíritu Santo. And so that's the invitation that this week, that we might follow this viral vision. Here's, here's what I want to encourage you to think about doing this week. Eso es lo que les animo a hacer esta semana. First of all, can we uh, as a team, as a community, agree to pray the prayer, Lord, send more workers into the harvest field. Would you join me in that prayer this week? Send more workers. Three words. Dios, vamos a orar, envía más obreros, por favor. Send more workers. Here's the other invitation. Find someone dirty that you can get close to this week and infect with the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Encuentren alguna persona sucia esta semana para contagiarles del perdón y del amor de Jesucristo. Will you join me in prayer? Let's come to the table together. Vamos a orar juntos. Lord Jesus, we lift up our hearts to you this morning. We come recognizing that we need to be here. Tenemos que estar en este lugar. There's a lot in our lives that is just old stuff. Hay mucho en nuestra vida que es viejo. We try to cover it up with new clothes or a new job or new friends but the old stuff is still there intentamos tapar lo viejo con cosas nuevas nuevo trabajo nuevos amigos nuevos vestidos but here we stand before you and recognize that we are dirty And the only way we can be clean is by your, your blood washing over us, your body broken for us. Solo podemos ser puros por tu sangre derramada por nosotros y tu cuerpo entregado por nosotros. Jesus, be our great physician. We come humbly turning from everything that is death Like that old woman, we want to grasp the hem of your garment. Como esa mujer vieja, queremos agarrar la orilla de tu manto. 
Bless, we pray, this meal that the bread which we break and the cup which we share may be to us the communion of the body and the blood of Christ. Pedimos que el pan que partimos y la copa que bendecimos pueda ser para nosotros comunión el cuerpo y de la sangre de Cristo. We thank you for what you've done, Jesus. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you for what you will do. And we pray, teach us to follow you more closely. Gracias por lo que has hecho, lo que estás haciendo y lo que vas a hacer. Enséñanos a seguirte más de cerca. We love you. And we humble ourselves before you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Oramos en el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen.